Welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium in training. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we go on our paranormal investigations, ghost hunting trips, and crossing over earthbound spirits along the way. This is Ghosties. Hello. Hi, Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Yet again, separately recording. I know, I know. Yeah, I've had a household of, started with the sick child and then the sick husband, and it's not the Rona, but we just thought it'd be best that yet again, (laughs) we are not recording, (laughs) just in case. Every time, every time we try and do ghosties episodes. Seriously. And the thing is, we only have like, we have less than a month. I think we have right about a month of Fridays left until I'm not leaving the house before the baby comes. So it's like, are we, yeah. are we ever going to see each other to record in person again? <laughs> ever. I know. I know we will. I have hope. Yeah. yeah. I have hope. And Christina just got done doing some readings. So you are all yes. connected with spirit and stuff this morning. I did. Yes. I'm excited yeah. for this, uh, this episode today. Yeah, because you're going to do some channeling, too, which is always fun. I am. I'm excited. Yes. So, so today. we're talking about the black-eyed children. <laughs> not the black-eyed peas, not Fergie. <laughs> the black-eyed children. <laughs> the black-eyed children. I had heard stories about this um, a couple of years ago, uh, but I never paid it any attention. What is it all about? It's... I heard about it too. And I was hearing at first that it was, I don't remember, even remember who brought it up. Someone was like, have you heard about the, the children that, you know, with, they don't have any eyes. They're like fully black. And I'm like, no, that's weird. And it sounds fake. So <laughs> moving on. But now that we've actually, you know, I, I listened to another podcast that covered it and it's these really creepy stories. And now that I've been doing a little more research about it, it actually seems like it could be a legit thing. Yeah. Um, but basically these kids, and it's usually like a young one paired with an older one, anywhere, you know, around three, four, five, six years old, and then like a teenager for the most part, yeah. um, and they have really pale skin and their eyes are jet black. Oh. Usually don't see the eyes at first. They either don't make eye contact with you or they, they don't look that way at first, mm-hmm. but they approach you somehow like I heard of a story about people walking their dog in a park late at night and then this random kid just coming out of a wrestling around in a bush and he comes out and he's like I've lost my football you have to come help me and he was like really weird and he went back in the bush and the people were like no we're out of here (laughs) (laughs) we're not helping you and they called the police um which was good because the guy just had this really awful terrible feeling about it um so yeah but a lot of the counters are like they come to your house we're gonna get into some stories about that but yeah it's just they don't know this little phenomenon you know it's not just in the u.s it's different parts of the world that they've seen these little these children with the jet black eyes that are really creepy and ask you for random favors and pretty much they're at you have to give them permission in order 
for them to cross that boundary. And then legend has it that if, if that does happen, if you let them in your house, if you help them, that something bad, either you'll die within a week or just terrible misfortune oh. a plague on both your houses, if you will. <laughs> I, I know you like that reference. I know you like that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's some Romeo and Julia right there. Um. But yeah, so it's just these really, I mean, these stories are creepy. Oh, yeah. That's some of them too. <laughs> That's insane. So people are actually like, so they die or have some yeah. terrible stuff happen to them. Most of the stories that you find, people never helped these people. Mm-hmm. So they never helped the kids. So they're living to tell the tale. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I know there's been some stories. Um, like I read one feed and this guy said, I hope they do come to my house because I'm on my deathbed anyways. And I want to see what happens. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, why would I you wish that for yourself? But if you want to take one for the team, sir, then by all means. <laughs> Goodness. I that- told Christina. Yeah. I said, don't, um, don't be setting any intentions to meet any black kids. All right. Because they're going to show up at my house and we're going to have a whole issue. Nope. I'm good on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I do not want to meet these ones. No, I was, I was telling her the other night too. I'm talking to Mike, my husband, and I'm like, have you ever heard of the black eyed kids? And he's like, no, he's skeptical of all this, you know? So when I try to tell him about these things, he's like, no. And I'm like, listen, if random kids ever come to our doorstep, first off, we don't have a peephole or a window to see. <gasps> we don't either. We don't have a peephole. No. I was like, so <laughs> secondly, do not let them in. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if they look like they're really having a hard time. You tell them to wait there and you will call an adult outside of our household to come and help because <laughs> we're not- we're not helping today. Call the law. <laughs> Call the law, yeah. Oh my gosh. So scared. And yeah, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but apparently o- the only people that see these um, these children are people that already know about them or have heard about them. Yes, I have heard about this part. They- so the, I, I messaged you the other night and I'm like, listen, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> keep reading about them because I don't want I was so afraid I was um, they're gonna show up at my house tonight (laughs) yeah there was like that particular story that said that um they theorized that uh they only had their experience with the black-eyed children because they knew about them ahead of time they had read prior to the experience that they had so that's very interesting yeah uh, I'm like, no, thank you. I don't know how much I want to dive into this, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'll go ahead and we can, um, I'll start with the first story. I think this is like the biggest one. Um, the original one that everyone knows about. Okay. Well, the people that know about them, um, it says it, it may not be the earliest sighting of all times, but the rep- earliest reported sighting was in 1996. So not really that long ago mm-hmm. by Brian Bethel. He's a journalist from Abilene, Texas, mm-hmm. and in his report, he describes um, a late night evening out in his vehicle. He had stopped in a parking lot near a movie theater to write a check, which, well, well at least we, we're not <laughs> writing checks these days, so we're safe. <clears throat> and he was so absorbed in this that he didn't notice two young boys approach his car. Mm. 
He didn't notice until the older boy tapped on the driver's side window. So Bethel rolled down his window. And I think the original story I read was just like a little bit, like maybe an inch because it already creeped him out that somebody was knocking on his window. Mm -hmm. And he said he immediately noticed he felt really fearful Uh and he couldn't understand why. And the older boy said he and his brother wanted to catch a movie, but had forgotten their money at home. Could Bethel, could he give them a ride? Mm. They're like, telling him, you know, it's not going to take long. We're, and they kept saying like, we're just two kids. We don't have a gun. We're not going to hurt you. Like they were saying all these things. And so he found it really like unnerving that they were trying to reassure him that it's totally cool. You know, just let us in your car. We don't, we, we're not going to kill you or anything. (laughs) Yeah. And he had already noted that the last showing of the film they wanted to see had already started and it would pretty much be over by the time he could drive them anywhere and get them back there. So he, in his account of the incident, he stated that when he broke eye contact with them, his fear became like all encompassing. Um, And then um, I guess when he broke eye contact, then he looked back and noticed their eyes had become completely blacked out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the older boy got like frustrated when uh, Bethel made excuses for not giving them a ride. And he said, listen, we can't get into the car unless you say it's okay. So it's also one of those things like they, they really are like, Hey, you have to let us in. You have to, you know, give us permission. Yep. And apparently um, he like sped out of the parking lot, like <laughs> just like gunned it. And when he looked back, they, he didn't even see them there anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That's, can you imagine just being in your, I mean, first off, anyone tapping on your car window at any time of the day is startling, especially if you're like looking down at your phone or whatever. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to hurt you. We're just kids. Totally fine. We just need you to take us to our house to get money. It's like, um, maybe not. (laughs) It's in that he said that um, that when he broke the gaze with the kid, um, that he felt like he was all encompassed with fear. Yeah, um, that seems to be like a common theme with the black eyed kids, especially like their hypnotic gaze. People, yeah, and to say that when they make eye contact, they can't look away. And they they do things that they're not realizing. Like there's a couple stories we we'll talk about where people don't realize that either they're almost like opening the door to let them in and don't realize they've even opened their door anymore or like rolling down the window more or just, you know, really like locked in. Mm-hmm. That's spooky. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Here is the next story. Um, so it says, I woke up to my dog barking. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22 month old daughter staring at our door. Like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over the house, over a house noise. I decided that the best bet would be to open the door and show her that nothing was there. I opened the door and she raced to the front door. She stood there snarling at the door. It was angry. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. It was an angry, violent growl. One that I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her that everything was okay. The second my hand reached for the deadbolt, she went wild. She started barking, jumping towards me. And when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. 
she whimpered almost like she was afraid and damn poor little baby as her mannerisms changed so did mine i wasn't calm anymore my heart was racing and sinking all at the same time i had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread i looked through the peephole i can't explain why i looked but i did outside were two children One was just a bit shorter than me and didn't look much younger. I'm 21 and she looked about 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde. She wore it long, about mid-back with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. She wore jeans, a light wash jeans that's popular right now, and a thin-looking olive-covered olive colored pullover <laughs> style hoodie she held the hand of a small girl next to her who looked to be about three or four in the same style jeans and a button ivory cardigan the smaller one looked at the floor shyly but had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail she held a stuffed toy under her free arm and it was identical to the one my daughter has as was their style of dress had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children in and given them some hot tea or hot chocolate. But see, that's the thing about these. They, it's almost like they appeal to human compassion by being as children. Yep. The three-year-old would get me not so much like the older one, but the three-year-old I'd be like, Oh, look at you and your little teddy bear. Yeah. Get over here. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Something about them seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled, nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators that I was at the door. Then the older one spoke. Mm. She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. She held her head tilted downwards, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, we have to use your phone. I stood mm. frozen in fear. How did she know that I was standing there? She raised, yeah, exactly. She raised her head to face me directly, and that was when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black or midnight blue or a dark purple. They're worldly. She said, our mother is worried. As someone... Not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have been like, so sorry. Let me call you an Uber. As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew that she was, I knew, I knew what she was the second that she looked at me through the door. So she knew about them too. Yeah. So she knew. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just stop and say that if I was silent and looked out my door and in the peephole and I did not touch the door, they could not see me, but they looked up and started talking to me, I would have passed out right there (laughs) i would need cpr like it would be over i'd have been like um i'm gonna call you an uber and the police and i would have said nothing i couldn't have i would have been seriously can you imagine like they don't even know you're there and then they just start talking to you because they know Mm -mm. even though they can't see you no Mm. nope no thank you she said, um, I've never been one to believe in these things as a, as a staunch atheist and skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. I had written off many a ghost story from friends and family members eager to tell the tale. I didn't believe it. 
Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was in front of me. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. Lucy still cowering at my ankles. She kept talking. Just let us use your phone. Just let us. Mm. I took another step back. And with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. When I took a second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. Uh-uh. Wanted to do that? We would have broken in. I'll ask <gasps> again. May we come in and use your phone? Lucy snarled at the door and I inched backwards. Though something inside me seemed to be pulling me back towards the door. Holy moly. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I love Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't a physical pulling so much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in I got to my room covered up the window locked the door and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight I heard her call back to the door once more and then quiet I didn't go back to sleep that night and I haven't slept right since I know from reading about the black eyed kids they can't just come in without permission I know they haven't heard anyone but I still fear I'll be the exception When I told my husband, he said it was just all a dream. He keeps telling me to forget about it. But this thing sounds like my husband. (laughs) Or like clothes settling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Said, but this lingering feeling of sadness, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of a knock at the door, this tells me otherwise. Maybe it's a one and done. Like if they've tried and they failed, they won't come back. I hope so. Oh, I'm so afraid. And you know, when I was, I was looking, reading these the other night. And of course, like Mike Jackson's in bed. Mike had gone to bed because he's not feeling well. Mm-hmm. I've got the TV on and lights, but I keep looking around because I'm, you know, near my front door. And I'm just like, this is, oh, yeah. this is not the time I need to do this in the morning. And even when I try to do these you know, put these stories together in the morning. I was just like, oh, I, <laughs> I was so scared. It's been a scary topic. I will say just talking, yeah. talking to Espy and reading these stories is a scary topic. It's really creepy. And there's, there's actually a quite a decent amount of stories. We only have three because they're so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there it's frightening when you think about it mm-hmm. and, Man, I tell you what, if I would have woken up Mike and told him there were some kids at the door and he he would have literally, like I've said before, he would have rolled over, pulled his earplugs out of the drawer, put them in his ear, <laughs> gone right back to sleep. He wouldn't have acknowledged me because he would have been so mad that I woke him up for some nonsense. Like I, Kyle would be mad too. <laughs> he really just wouldn't even, He, I can tell you right now, he would not even respond to me. <laughs> Like, you got to get these children off the porch. We got to call the police. (sighs) Man, no, thank you. All right. Well, this one, this is a long one. So, okay. Everybody, get yourself a snack, get a drink, buckle up, if you will. (laughs) Get a sip of my beverage so that I don't go parched in the middle. Good idea. All right. This was on Halloween, which random fact they have a lot of halloween stories of them showing up because it's the perfect time for them to blend in uh, 
So they're not gonna they're not gonna ruin Halloween for me, Christina, no. or you. No, it's our Christmas. I know. <laughs> it's the best night of the year. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Away we go. This woman says, so it had been a slow trick-or-treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in our neighborhood, and I have a constant parade at the door. That night, I say we had no more than eight or ten groups of kids come by the entire night. It was about 9.30, and my husband and I were sitting in the family room watching some of the ghost shows based on actual events. So she's already scaring herself. Mm Mm-hmm. She said we hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour, and it was getting late, so we decided to turn the porch light off and let our dog out of her crate. She said, I turned the outside light off and let Chloe out, who's the dog, and she followed me back to the couch and lay down by my feet. It was close to 10 o'clock when my husband decided he had enough fun for the night and was going to go upstairs and take a shower and get ready for bed. Her teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so. So that left her um, by herself with the dog. She said it wasn't long after she heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on where there came a light knock, knock, knock at the front door. Here we go. She said, (laughs) um, said my initial reaction was what the, we're going to say heck, because I don't know if we're going to have to change the. This to an explicit oh, episode if we that's right, yeah. say any other words. Um, she said, you know, like, really? It's almost 10 o'clock. Go home. But she soon felt really uneasy. Mm. Why the knock? Our doorbell glows and in the dark. And without the porch light, it would be extra obvious to anyone that it was there. Mm-hmm. She paused. She said she couldn't really ignore it because her front door has a big... Um, that beveled glass panel and anyone right at the door can see in enough to see that somebody was sitting there watching TV, which I'm glad I don't have a glass door like that because I don't want anybody to know. Nope. <laughs> nope none of your business. Mm-hmm. She said, she said it would be pretty rude for me to just sit there and not answer it. So they knocked again. She looked down and her dog was gone. Oh, so she looked, <laughs> yeah, she said, I, my gaze followed her usual path to the front door, expecting it to be her on the way over there. And she wasn't there. So she stood up and looked around and found her crouching by the back door like she was wanting to go out. Mm. She said she never asked to go out like that. She always comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee. So this is totally out of character for her. And I have to say it heightened my anxiety. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> she told her dog to go in the crate and her dog looked at her like, no, I'm not moving. <laughs> she yelled up to her husband, but he was already in the shower. So there was no chance of him hearing her. So they knocked again. At that time, a car drove down the street and cast just enough light on the door that she could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. So she instantly felt a little bit of relief. She's like, oh, it's just some kids, probably a couple of neighbors on their way back home that wanted to stop by and show me their costume. She says, I headed to the door and looked back sure to make Chloe, excuse me, look back to make sure that Chloe wasn't going to follow. I turned on the porch light when I got to the door, and sure enough, I could see through the glass it was a couple of pretty small kids. A little late for such young ones, I thought, and I began to wonder wonder what kind of parents let their kids run the streets that late at night. Mm -hmm. I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape. What struck me immediately as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. They were in normal street clothes. Also, no customary trick-or-treat either. She said, I began to feel very uneasy again. It was a girl and a boy. 
She said the girl was older, probably about 11 or 12. She could tell she was blonde, but she couldn't make out any distinct features because she said, as our lights are from high above and on columns at the front of the porch, so the light was coming in from behind them. She had not opened the door widely enough to let any light from the house to hit them directly. Mm. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter, probably about eight or nine, with uh, light brown hair. The girl very politely spoke up. She said, ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to call our mom? She said, as she spoke, something in the spit, spit, excuse me. Sorry about me. I can't read today. Something in the pit of my stomach um, was telling me something was wrong. What kid, even at that age, doesn't have a cell phone of their own? Mm Mm-hmm. She said, I couldn't remember the last time I had anybody to ask to use my home phone. And by the way, who has home phone these days? Yeah, not me. She said, um, hon, don't you have a phone of your own and you can call your mom on? And that she said, that's when things really got weird. They both, the kids looked at each other like they were going to say something to one another, but never spoke. They both turned back to me and the girl said, ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? Uh-oh, I hear the doggies. Keep reading. <laughs> Ruby's going off. Okay, I'm still reading. She said, we're alone out here and my brother is scared. I have to admit, there were two competing feelings going on inside me. The first, you know, was she wanted to help them, and the other was that she was really scared. <clears throat> she said, at that point, she noticed that during the conversation, she had already opened the door a few extra inches, which she was completely unaware of doing. So there's that whole, they almost have you in a trance and, you know, they have you doing things that you didn't realize, you know, you're doing. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. This is really long. I'm trying to get it. <laughs> She said, honey, why don't you give me your mother's number and I can call her myself. Another pause. And they again looked at one another. After a short moment, they turned back to me and the girl said, ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please come inside while you call our mom? She said, um, with that statement, the little girl moved closer toward the door like she was just going to walk in. Oh, no. She said as she did, she stepped into the light coming from inside the house and she got her first real look at her and her eyes were solid jet black. Nope. She said the motherly instinct was gone and replaced by terror and that she's never felt in her life. So she was literally the most scared she'd ever been. She said she could feel every hair on her arms and back of her neck standing. So she closed, she said, I closed the door to where just my face was able to stick out. The little girl stopped and again pleaded, please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. She said, then like on cue, both, both kids begin to whimper and cry. She said, that's when fear took over and I shut and locked the door. Good for her. Yeah. She said, I'll call your mom if you give me the number. She shouted it through the door, but I'm not letting you in my house. She said, I could still see them stand there on the porch, just staring at me through the glass pane. Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where they were. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. She said it would have freaked her out more not knowing where they were. And ain't that the truth? Yeah. She said after what seemed like forever, but probably only a few seconds, she decided to call her neighbor that lived across the street. She said, as I made my way to the side table by our couch to my phone, I glanced at the back door. Chloe was nowhere to be found. She said, we later found her under the guest bedroom bed, which is, she was scared. Poor little baby. Mm-hmm. 
She said, when I got to my phone and started looking for my neighbor's contact info, it was only then that the kids stepped away from the door and began to walk to the street. As they did, I walked to the door to get a better look to see where they went, still not calling my neighbor yet. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see out enough to make out people's shapes, but you can't see much detail. Of course, standing that close to the door would make you, it pretty obvious um, to anyone standing outside. Like, they can see you looking out at them. Yeah. From the door, I could see that the kids were still standing under the street lamp near my house, staring at me. Oh, my God. Yeah. She said, as I lifted the phone to my ear after calling, only then did the kids start walking down the street. Um, and she met her neighbor outside under the lamp once he was outside, but the kids were nowhere to be found. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jeez. So. Mm-mm. Ugh. That, that's a that's a no for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, should we take a break and pause here before uh, I channel? Um, yeah, let's let's do that. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Mike just walked in, so it like got me. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll come back to channel. Yes. Um, hello again. <laughs> I wanted to add something before you start channeling. Okay. Um, they, apparently some of the kids that show up to these houses say like really weird things. Like um, one in one of the stories I read, this guy was eating an apple uh-huh. and he came up to the person's porch and he was like, I need some ketchup for my apple. Oh my gosh. Well, it's, it's very weird. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because um, I, uh, when I was going through the stories, um, I wanted to pick out the things that um, were constant across the board right? about the Black Eyed Kids. Um, and the first one was that they always ask for permission for entry. Yes. Always ask for permission. And entities actually do this. Um, like when I've been channeling or things like that, um, or if I'm out and about and I see an entity like from afar, a lot of times they'll, ask, hey, can I talk to you? Oh. If they if they ask me, usually it's my cue, like, hey, let me make sure that this is who I think it is or who it looks to be. You know what I mean? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a hypnotic gaze, um, which I hear that a lot from uh, cryptid and demonic encounters, almost like as soon as they lock eyes with you they're able to kind of hypnotize you almost. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> I know. Um, there's palpable fear, doom, and dread that people feel. Yeah. Which is very common when you're around something that's a low-level entity or possibly demonic. Demons are very rare, guys. They're rare, but they're real. So not everything that scares us in the paranormal is a demon. But that's why I wanted to make kind of a, you know, a list. Um, and they, the animals feel it too. The and all the animals yeah. in the story are like freaking out or you know going yeah. high. Yeah, they appear as children. They always appear as children, and I always found that very interesting. It's like a predator, almost like putting on a different costume. Yeah, so that they can gain entry into your home or into your life or whatever. Um. Yeah. And their eyes are solid black. So do you remember the story that we told um, on the fir- first Go Share episode um, about my brother seeing my mother standing in the doorway? Oh, 
stop. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Mm. So then that made me wonder, I was like, okay, so if that's the case, like if my brother saw something similar, even though it wasn't a child that he saw, it was my mom. So then what kind of entities are doing this? It can't just be the black eyed kids. It has to be, you know, it seems to like blend and mesh across the board almost. Right. And then he saw her at his bedroom door, which was, it's kind of like a boundary, you know, yeah. that they have to ask to cross. Yeah. Um, but they, um, what was that? Oh, there's a story about, it actually is somebody from Point Pleasant, which is interesting, mm. that had um, a encounter with one of these in her bedroom by her bed. Oh. Yeah. It, there wasn't like a huge story behind it. So I didn't um, put mm. that one in there. But yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So when I talked to um, Espy, and I'm connected to her now. When I ask her what type of entities these are, um, she hasn't given me a specific name for them, uh, but she has said that um, it's an entity that is separate from the Black-Eyed Children that are using, uh, she says, a costume, basically. And she also says that uh, this type of entity is a very low-level entity she gives me almost like this reference, almost like they're parasitic in nature. Mm. Um, and she says, uh, she makes a reference also to uh, skinwalkers in Navajo culture. Um, and just from my little bit of knowledge about skinwalkers, um, according to legend, they were thought to be negative or evil witches that had the ability to shapeshift. Right. Mm. <clears throat> Um, so when I was talking to Espy about this yesterday and she gave me these references about skinwalkers, it got me to thinking maybe there's an origin story somewhere about the black eyed kids in Native American culture that I could find. And I did find something. Yes, it's called the black eyed kids of the Iroquois legends. Um, it says, like many world societies, the Iroquois talk of a good energy and a bad energy. The positive life force or divine energy was called something sounding like Orenda. Since many of the Iroquois linguistic nuances were not documented officially, there is some debate as to the cor- correct pronunciation, but not the concept of Orenda. The positive energy of Orenda could be channeled to do anything and could be enhanced through virtue, training, and life experiences. However, opposite to the Orenda was the Atkan. The Atkan is a broad term for the negative energy, things, beings, and or forces that live in the world around us, as well as try to penetrate this world from the underworld, the skies, or any other dimension of consciousness and reality. Atkan was considered by the Iroquois an evil energy that could possess, destroy, and be focused as a weapon against people, objects, and animals. Mm. Some historical accounts have stated that the Mohawks of the Mohawk Valley believed strongly in the existence of witchcraft, and those who wielded the negative power of the Atkan were said often to be influenced by, quote, the evil-minded one. This dark archetype was almost like a Satan or a devil type of uh, figure that they uh, created in their culture um, that took the form of a reptilian snake man. Oh. 
Uh-huh. It was said that the evil one was trying to manifest itself in human form and often tried mating with unsuspecting Iroquois women. The result of this union was a possessed offspring with black eyes and pale chalky skin. Oh, man. Uh-huh. A black-eyed infant was usually, and I'm just going to say this, this is trigger warning, guys. This is a graphic story. Um, it says the black-eyed infant was usually killed at birth by the tribal elders and yeah. to prevent resurrection. These black-eyed kids, or BKs as they're called in modern times, often never lived past a day or two after they opened their eyes. Other times, unlucky Iroquois children have found themselves lost or alone in the woods, which were easy targets for the evil-minded one to project Atkan into. Children would wander from tribe to tribe and come back empty, with black eyes replacing their normal eyes. Mm. It was also said that the evil-minded one had stolen their arenda, or the good energy, and replaced it with Atkan, the bad energy, and were now his loyal servants. Oh. Yes. So no, that, thank you. that is definitely um, a legend and a tie um, that I found that I thought was very, very interesting. Well, I have a question for Espy, if she will. Okay. If she wouldn't mind. Um, when I've heard these stories before, there has been reference to it potentially being an alien mm-hmm. in like disguise and that sometimes the men in black are seen at the same time or in a car nearby or something weird like that. Um, or even calling people after they have these encounters. Okay. She says that, uh, she says that not all of these accounts regarding uh, sightings of the men in black in correlation to the black eyed children is actually the men in black. Okay. But she does give me the feeling that the type of entity that this is, she, hold on. She's showing me a picture. Okay. All right. I'm going to say this. Oh, no. I'm scared. <laughs> Let me cover it with my blanket first. Hold on. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> She's showing me what looks like a gray alien, like a small gray. Yeah. But she says, please bear in mind that just like not all humans are bad, the same goes for those that are extraterrestrial in origin, she says. Okay. Because there are some that do have a negative agenda. But they are not as prominent as they were. That's funny because I was almost thinking, is it like, you know, like an alien extraterrestrial that's not a good one? Because, you know, when I don't know why, but all of a sudden I had like in my mind this thought of, oh, aliens actually might be decent, you know. Mm-hmm. Things. they're just trying to learn more about us or whatever even though all of our life we've been taught they're pretty much bad right but at this moment i was like maybe it's just a bad alien i'm like did i ever think there weren't bad aliens but <laughs> she says um a good analogy of this is she said um there are some humans that abuse animals but that doesn't mean that every human is bad and will abuse animals right that this is the same 
And she said not to draw a parallel and make you all the animal. She said, that's not my intention. She wanted to clarify that, but that's the analogy she's showing me. Hmm. 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 She could be a lot of things. This, these little black eyed creatures. It could. She's also um, making a reference to, um, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie, but they use movie references a lot with me. She's making a reference to um, Dr. Sleep. I think we I have not seen that. Okay. <laughs> for you guys who know about Dr. Sleep, um, you know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who don't, in the very beginning of the, the movie, it's like the sequel to The Shining. Um, but this group of like psychics bands together and decides that they're going to abduct children with the shining, you know, which is their psychic gifts. When they see that they have it, they abduct them and take them and then torture them in order to extract that life force from them. Mm. That's what uh, she's just making a reference to almost like this type of being has the ability to kind of like take someone's essence from them. That's awful. I don't encounter that a lot, so. <laughs> That's scary. Mm-hmm. She says, do you have any other questions? I feel like she's saying that with a judgy tone. Just kidding. <laughs> no, that's not Espy. That's Amelia. Sorry. Yeah. Right, Amelia? <laughs> Amelia's the no-nonsense spirit guide that Christina has. That's like, state your business. What do you want to know? <laughs> Sorry to confuse the two. Um I don't think so. That was just one thing that was like, I was wondering if this, you know, cause no one really, again, people think it's just a legend and then some, you know, but you, there's a lot of stories about them being mm-hmm. real. So it's just, I was curious about yeah. the alien thing. Online, it just feels like there's another entity that's using that appearance, whether or not they're able to shape shift or not. I'm not sure. Uh, but it feels like it's, something bad using guys in order to almost be like a parasite that's how it feels right there was one story i saw where this uh, person lived i don't know if it was they were in an apartment in like the second or third floor or something mm-hmm. and these kids showed up on their balcony which is literally impossible unless somebody gave them a ladder oh my god yeah. So they ended up like calling the police or the fire department or something. And they're like, you need to ask your neighbors. Cause there's no way they could have gotten, you know, there couldn't have been kids up here unless someone helped them get up here. Yeah. Oh, so, and then there was another one um, about that. It happened to a guy and his wife was asleep and it was crazy because like they were banging on the doors and, and um, it's like when he went into another room, he could hear it happening on different windows in different rooms Mm-hmm. Like they projected the knocking and stuff uh-huh. and uh, it wasn't until his wife's alarm went off like her to get up that it stopped oh my god and like, the wife didn't wake up the baby didn't wake up it was only him that experienced you know oh and as soon as somebody else in the house awoke it went away oh yeah creepy i it- have like I was on the fence about whether or not these actually existed. Um, so all this research we did and uh, talking to Espy was very helpful. I'm surprised that they're real. Yeah, and that's what makes it even scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can't you just tell us they're not real in that yeah. story? 
<laughs> because people were saying back in the day it was just somebody was trying to make a movie about it. It was like Slender Man. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, somebody came up with this idea and then they wanted to get money to make a movie for it. So they started like right. talking about it a lot. Um, well, that's but- what I was thinking, I thought this guy must have been doing it to get publicity, like Brian Bethel. Um, yeah. And then once I started reading the others, I thought, oh. Yeah, because the people that also think it's just like a, a legend are also think it has only, it only has origins in the U.S. when really there have been sightings in other places around the world. Yeah. So. So creepy. If you want to get real creeped out, y'all, go ahead and, and Google it. And I mean, there's a ton of stories that I didn't even read. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and there's other podcasts have covered them. Um, but it's something, if you get scared easy, you're going to want to turn on all the lights and do it on a bright, sunny day <laughs> when your house is full of laughter and love. And <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Don't do it at night unless you want to set yourself up because you're going to be I don't know. I couldn't fall asleep very easily that night. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I was reading them. <laughs> I'm still so worried. I'm like, now that we've talked about it, I here they come. They're going to show up at the door tonight. We need to put it out of our mind. <laughs> I know. You know, and this is the perfect time for them to do this to me because I'm sleeping. I'm just going to throw all my cards on the table right now and show them all. I'm like sleeping in a separate bedroom because my husband's still got a cold and like I'm, by, you know, I'm right near the front door and the front window. It's just, <sighs> man, ah, goodness, I'm setting myself up for disaster here. I know. I know. Well, I'm gonna go raise my vibration. I'm keep my vibration high. <laughs> I know, right? I'm kind of glad the topic is over, honestly, because it was really. <laughs> We've done it, and we're not doing it again. All right. Don't ask us any questions. Just yeah, kidding. I've never had her like say, "This is a parasite." <laughs> right. That was weird. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad we're done with it. Ask her. Ask ask me how we can protect ourselves so that we don't have any encounters. <laughs> we need now is when we do need the men in black to show up with that little light and like just erase our memory of this conversation, and that way we will have no recollection of it, and they won't be able to come bother us. I know, right? Um, when I ask her, she makes me feel like it's a vibratory thing. So I would be interested to see like what was going on in these people's lives that have stories leading up to this point. Right. Cause she thinks like a lot of like drug or alcohol use or just like sadness or just negativity. Yeah. But she makes me feel like, um, this is really weird. Like there's so many different facets of this. She says that it's similar to like poltergeist activity that mm-hmm. drives them in. So like being in a liminal state maybe, or in between state, you know, like kids going through puberty, um, often experience poltergeist activity. Um, stop it. Yeah. See, I didn't even realize that until you talked about your story, Mm. um, ghost stories and about how it could have been something related to like the time frame in your life. And now as a mother, I'm like, listen, (laughs) in like 10 years, if, Jackson seeing weird things and black eyed kids are showing up at the door. I'm going to have to send him away until he's over it. Like <laughs> it, I can't from, handle it. From what I understand, it happens a lot more to girls than boys. 
so good. I have two boys. Well, one and one on the way. So I'm safe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why girls. I don't get it. But maybe they're more sensitive to things in general. Maybe. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. We're not going to talk about the topic of male versus female and how they work because I don't want to offend anybody. And Well, I mean, men are just more rational in terms of like, they're very like, if I can't see it, taste it, feel it, touch it, then it's not real. Right. That's what you were saying about your husband. The other night. It is true. Right. Like, so they kind of shut that part of their brain, you know, in terms of the paranormal off because they're always looking for a different explanation. Right. Know? yeah that's like how when i've asked mike about you know ghosts and stuff or i'll be like he doesn't believe that he's like it's not that i don't believe in it it's just you know yeah show it to me show me the receipt yeah i'm (laughs) like listen i'm not gonna conjure any poltergeist or any anything so that just so you can believe in it all right buddy we're not doing that i know right (laughs) (laughs) no thanks (laughs) not today i know well i think that We're going to wrap this up. Wrap it up. I know we've been rambling for too long. (laughs) This is because we haven't seen each other in weeks. I know. know. Uh, We're hoping next week that we will be able to see each other and maybe go back out on another, like a part two of an exploration and Mm -hmm. do some things. But we're not going to make any promises because, you know. I know. Every time. (laughs) Every time something happens. (laughs) well yes in the meantime please find us on social media we are on instagram we are on facebook the ghosties podcast we have a youtube channel Mm -hmm. you can um, subscribe to that because we do upload videos of spirit box sessions and things on there Mm -hmm. if you're into it you can email us the ghosties podcast at gmail.com if you have any stories if you have any topics you want us to cover if you love us, if you hate us, we are here to read it all. <laughs> Maybe not if you hate us. <laughs> I mean, we might archive that email or delete it, but we still appreciate. Yes. Interact, interact with us. Talk to us. Yeah, definitely. All right, everybody. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.